Hello, everybody. Welcome to ADD Masterminds. Yes. I'm Bridget hey. Watt. I'm here with... I'm, Go ahead, Jeff. I'm, I'm Jeff, a.k.a. Funky Stick Man. Yeah. And we got Jimmy the Table Jimmy. <laughs> That's right. It's me. It is I. <laughs> it is Jimmy the Talking Table. There you <laughs> it's I'm like a Disney character. Jimmy Humphrey. Yeah, you're from like you're from like uh what do you call it? Uh Beauty and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. There, yeah, there you that's go. That's what I was thinking. I, I'm not the gay one, right? No. <laughs> it is like the most famous movie about Stockholm Syndrome. My my wife would love if I were a Beauty and the Beast character. That's her favorite Disney of all time. If you were the gay guy from No, no. <laughs> that might not work out well for uh, I don't know, like uh, I don't know how these things work. I, I mean, all right. Uh, oh, yeah. Moving on. Yeah. Okay. I definitely did not add this to the list, but question is, have you watched Tiger King yet? Yes. Yes, we did. You did? Yeah. It's, um, it was what? good. That guy, he's got like a crazy mustache. I, I thought you were more Lots of tigers. And um, Carol definitely killed... Her husband, I hate Carol so much. Absolutely. She's the worst person to ever exist. Are you ready for the Nick Cage miniseries? Yes. <laughs> yeah, do you have any comments on Tiger King? Uh, um, uh, I'm, I'm debating on whether I should make something up or just say I didn't watch it. because. Wait a uh, second. I, you guys I, are making this up? Yeah, I didn't watch it, but I, I saw all the reactions online, and um, I just thought you would think I was cool if I pretended I did. John, I already thought you were cool, man. <laughs> you poor, you You're poor so thing. sweet, Jimmy. So, I mean, so let me get this right, okay. Sweet, let, sweet let Jimmy, the talking table. <laughs> so the show is about this guy who runs a tiger sanctuary, and... Uh, uses tigers and meth to keep guys at the sanctuary and there's something to do with his wife who has another tiger sanctuary and is that even like remotely close that's uh that's in the ballpark um except uh the other tiger sanctuary is not his wife uh but they do have uh, a very husband and wife love hate type relationship because they're competitors and but they also you know uh, capitalize off their competition and then he decides one day he wants to he wants her dead and then he actually hires a hitman um to uh kill her and he doesn't and he gets arrested and that's why he's in jail right now oh i see man there was a guy in the nhl who like hired a hitman do you remember that there was like some dude in, on the blues on the st louis blues who hired a hitman to try to kill someone and i think that got thwarted too Wow, I, I didn't realize that. No, I, it's I like you that. can't get good help these days. <laughs> how hard it is! How hard is it to kill somebody? I mean, Kane used a rock. I mean, we make guns these days. Well, except in Canada. Wait, wait a second. No, that'd be like like a Facebook recommends. Does anybody know a good hitman? Because apparently, <laughs> the Tiger King couldn't find the right guy, and the St. Louis Blues guy. I wish you remembered his name. Oh well. Hey, I I think OJ's free. You could call him up. <laughs> You yeah, can, he did it and got can, away with it. You can find him on Twitter. He's actively on Twitter. He should come on your podcast. 
Yeah, no. It. I don't like giving people like that attention. Ah. Uh, wow. But don't look at it as giving him attention. Look at it as getting you attention. I'd rather have nice people like the Funky Stick Man and Jimmy the Talking Table. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, OJ if Leo does come in the middle of this, he's going to be so confused. All I know is OJ, OJ paid his debt to society. But what did he he what did he go to jail for though? It wasn't murder. It was something else. It was armed robbery. Somebody had some of his memorabilia, and he said, "No, that memorabilia belongs to me." So he broke in their uh, house mm. or whatever with a gun and some friends, uh, and he got caught. And oh. so, not only did he have a gun, but he also had some friends, right? Which made it a bigger sentence. Did they throw the book at him though, just to kind of stick it to him? Because yeah, they, they gave him like yeah. the maximum penalty, which was like ten years or something. That's a long time. Like you think about it, like one one year in prison would be insane. Like think about it. Like it just a whole year not doing what you normally do. Like one year not podcasting. One year of <laughs> Jeff not making ambient music, right? You know, you think about it. It's like a year is actually quite a penalty. Ten years? Like, that's crazy. That's a long time. Right. Like, I'd get out at the age of 51 if I did the math. Pro- no. <laughs> <laughs> I am a math so, major. It's just not like the that, practical math. <laughs> yep. not, not real math. It's imaginary math. Yeah, man. So, if- imaginary numbers. Yeah, so... That reminds me of, I read a story that uh, a jail somewhere, I'm trying to remember what state it was in. They had a guy who was a serial killer serving a, I don't remember, a 200 year sentence or something like that. And uh, Might not get was out. released. Well, he did. <laughs> oh, well, almost did. He almost did, actually. They were, they were looking to release him because they didn't want him to catch COVID-19 and die. Mm. Uh, but you know, but he was serving a 200-year sentence, um, which I mean, he, he he might have finished it. I mean, we don't know. I mean, you know, that's like with the little asterisk, right? <laughs> <laughs> 200 years. Do they do they last do weird, pandemic? Do they do they do weird things like that in Canada, John, with like 200-year sentences and stuff like that, or is that just an American thing? I don't know about 200 years. We we don't have a death penalty though. Right. Um, but I mean, so do they I, get like ridiculously long sentences that nobody could possibly like ever live long enough to fulfill? Like, not that I know of. I think if anything, there's very lax sentences. I actually have a family member that was murdered and like not close, close family member, but um, and the person got 15 years. Oh, who did they hire so to do it? I'm sorry. That was, I was off color. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. Um, but anyways, yeah. So, I mean like that, that's, um, I didn't even hear that. So (laughs) good. That was better that you didn't. You'll hear it on the rewind. No. (laughs) Um, all right. Anyways, back to Tiger King, even though I don't want to talk about it. Um, (laughs) talk about it. I think the Tiger King is a reality show we never got, but deserved. Oh, that didn't get worded right. Did it? (laughs) <laughs> no, that's 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 the right wording. 
we never yeah, got right. the we never got the Tiger King as far as like it was meant to be a reality television show that was going oh, like appear but it's on a the documentary di- instead. Yeah, but uh, but since the that didn't work out, they managed to flip it to a documentary. Hmm. Well done, Netflix. That show that I probably will never see. <laughs> I, you know, honestly, I was like, I've heard so much about it, and that it's like a worldview analysis thing because I think um clear lens did a worldview analysis on it relevant magazine was talking about it and so i sat down and i'm like okay i'm gonna watch this i'm gonna blow through this what is it like an hour and a half documentary no it's like six episodes i'm like i don't have time for six episodes of something i don't want to watch so anyways dude we're add masterminds who's got the time for that my right. time is precious to me and i'm still burning through the simpsons it's gonna take forever <laughs> Oh, jeez. Yeah, you're going to be watching that till you die. That's a 200-year sentence. Yes, it's hilarious, though. It hasn't gotten bad yet. I'm on the 90s now. I, You know, I love watching how Homer, it's like, how, like, that you got that kind of sliding scale, right? So, like, Homer is all like, you know, I was a teenager in the 60s. Now it's like teenager in the 70s. We're going to move to the 80s. And then, like, pretty soon we're going to get to, like, where he's a teen- he was a teenager in the 90s. And I don't know. It's just, it's just weird can, how that works. Now they can do it like X-Men and have multiple origin stories. Yeah, what's up with that? I don't know. It's just something they do. I think they, they find it a cash cow. And uh, they're like, hey, we can do another origin here and rewrite the entire thing. Do you feel like we're getting ripped off with all these like remakes and like you know so, what I mean? Like I, I like my like I, I like to joke with my nephews. I was like, listen, they were making Avengers while you guys were like just being born, and you still managed to see all thirty of them. Like I tapped out like at you know re- at number ten or whatever it was, and I haven't seen any of them since. But they're like, oh, but wait a second, the ending's so good, like. The last one, I was like, no, no, no. They're 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 all the same movie, just over and over again, and they just keep finding new celebrities to add into the fold, and it's it's the exact same story every single time, for the most part. Just you know, and uh, I was like, I'm kind of tired of just seeing the same. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings. Like that was a really good trilogy, but like, thank goodness they only made it three because I mean, each movie was essentially the same movie. Each movie is like ninety percent walking. Right, ninety percent walking, lots of epic battle scenes, um, a little drama. Yeah. Possibly, I know. loved it so much at the time, but I'm like three hours for each movie. I'm like, I, I don't need to see that again. Right. I watched it with my boys um, when they came of age to watch violent movies, and it was like a special coming of age thing. <laughs> it's like now you can see people kill each other. Yes, <laughs> murder, murder, is the, murder is the best. But but it, it's an allegory, so it's okay. Right. It's really about Jesus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. Tiger King versus The Bachelor. Who do you think would win? I think the Tiger King, because he's got <laughs> tigers. And The Bachelor, he's just got, like, a whole lot of women he's doing things with that he shouldn't be, because that's well, wrong. To be fair, there are caddy women. Caddy. <laughs> like they talk. So, you know. I mean, that, that could be construed as like a parallel universe Tiger King kind of situation. Listen, well, you guys, know, one of, one Carol of the t- didn't kill herself, okay? 
one of the Tiger King people that has a, a tiger refuge thing here uh, in the Carolinas, he actually has a small harem of women that help run his thing and that he's all allegedly married to. Uh, and he's constantly cycling through, uh, you know, the babe of the week. And uh, so a small harem, like how, yeah, how small is a small harem? Like six, something like that. How big is a large harem then? King Solomon had a pretty good one going. I think it, he tapped out of 100 or something. Dude, that's yeah, ridiculous. Like, it's like there's 360. You know what? I'm not even going to try to do the math here. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, what's like, okay, okay, you seen um, Horton Hears a Who? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know how he has like all those children and he's like, I got to spend time with each one of them. And it's like, ding! Okay, she's sitting on daddy's lap, and they're playing, and then ding! And then he's got a pet. Yeah, anyways, enough said, Solomon, you dirty, dirty person. Um, have you run out of things to watch on Netflix yet? No, I have not. I'm still on Disney+, Plus, and I will be doing my 200-year sentence of The Simpsons <laughs> and loving every minute of it. And then you have the 30 Avenger movies after that. Ugh. Well, you know, my wife and I, we've watched quite a bit of Netflix, uh, especially like when I was in, covering with my broken leg and stuff. And, uh, and, uh, but we, uh, we, we occasionally find some new stuff. I, we recently discovered Kim's Convenience. Uh, mm -hmm. That is a hysterical, hysterical comedy. Like we just I love, love it so much. Like it is like one of the best things I've ever watched. Oh, I love, I love their accents. The mom and dad's accents. They're so funny. The Jesus. <laughs> yeah. oh it's great um yeah jeff you don't really watch yeah. tv though are I, you reading a lot like what do you do well uh I, I we had netflix for a while and we found that after a while after a couple of years of watching netflix there was a couple of major series that we watched through. Sherlock was really good. Um, Sherlock's so good, yeah. Best television show, show of all time. We tried was, to watch it. It was that. pretty awesome. It's really good. But um, You tried to watch it, but it you're a... too American? No, the, the <laughs> episodes are too... Like, each episode's like an hour and a half movie. Like, so yeah. it's, it's kind of yeah, hard to yeah. binge watch it. Oh, but you'll watch Tiger right. King. Jimmy the table. <laughs> right. Your There's argument that. is invalid. Typical table. <laughs> One's mindless entertainment. Sherlock's very involved. Like, that, you can't just sit there and watch TV and play on your iPad and eat pizza and watch Sherlock. You gotta like be committed. I just don't have that. Kind <laughs> yeah. of okay. Sorry. So Jeff, you watched Sherlock <laughs> and then you started talking about something else and I rudely interrupted you. We, I'm sorry. We watched, um, we watched a couple of series. We watched Sherlock. We watched mm -hmm. all of Monk mm. and okay. I, maybe a couple of other things, uh, a couple of anime shows that me and my kids watched together. Mm -hmm. um, but after a while we found that we didn't really watch anything major and nothing came along that we were interested in. So after a while, we just, we dropped it. We didn't get Disney Plus. We didn't get Hulu. Mm -hmm. um, we have Amazon Prime video because we got Prime, but like, we don't really watch anything on there. So mm -hmm. other than BattleBots, I haven't watched TV in about three years. Wow. So, wow. That's incredible, man. 
Are you guys reading uh, any books right now? No. Um, most of my spare time, I listen to music. I do watch some YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of a lot of music related stuff. Um, yeah. A lot of theology stuff and music related stuff. That's the two main things that I watch uh, on YouTube, and that's about it. Um, I don't really go to the movies. Every now and then we'll get a, a DVD from the library or something and watch it. I still haven't seen the last Avengers movie, Endgame or whatever. I still haven't watched it. Um, I mean, I know what happens. I mean, yeah. I yeah. remember when the comic books came out. I know what happens, but you know, I still never watched it. I'm not as heavy into. I think I'm done with the Marvel universe for now. Like I'm like I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Are you Are you reading any books right now, Jimmy? Uh, not actively. No, I've been kind of lazy the last couple of months. Um, like I started, I started reading some really good book on the Trinity, um, a couple of months ago. And which, I, which uh, Trinity is that? The Holy One. <laughs> <laughs> and a really, really good book. Actually, like really accessible lay level book of about the Trinity. And I was actually like, man, this is like so good. I forget the name of the author offhand, but. Uh, it was really good. I've just, I don't know. I've had so much going on with work and mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff. And I don't know. I've just been lazy. It's like sometimes I've like just become exhausted with reading books. I've read so many over the years. I'm like, part of me is like, I just get a little bored with them every now and then. It's hard to, especially since you usually have to read several bad ones in order to find a really good one. And even though the really, really good one is worth reading the bad ones to find, sometimes it's like, ah, get a little exhausted from it. I just read two of Keith Giles' books. Um, Jesus. Oh, no. (laughs) Jesus something. He's got like the Jesus series. Um, One of them I'm talking to him about on Tuesday. You should Um, probably know what it's called then. Yeah. Well, I haven't put together the notes for it yet, to be fair. Oh, okay. So Jesus Unveiled and Jesus Unbound. Um, so I read two of his books. The Jesus Unveiled, I believe, was all about um, forsaking churches. We know it. Um, and then Jesus Unbound is liberating the word of God from the Bible, basically. So it's going to be really interesting talking to him about it, because basically he, he takes the stance that Jesus is the word of God, not the book. Um, and then he like basically says that Jesus has the authority, not the book. And so it's like, okay, so that's interesting, but how do you remain tethered, right? Because we want right. to be tethered to the word instead of just being like, no, no, no. Jesus told me that I can go kill everybody, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so, um, right. so it'll be an interesting conversation. Yeah, that's kind of awkward because the book is about him and mm-hmm. a lot of the a lot of the actual dialogue in the book is from him so you yeah. can't just separate him from the book i mean it's about him so yeah well it's interesting because he's like he is a very well-read guy too though so it's not he's not it's not like he's a guy that doesn't know the bible right like he's very right. well educated in it so it's going to be an interesting conversation um so that'll be the wax museum out probably the saturday after this one comes out um and i just finished a book on difficult people 
basically what I've done is I've taken the time that I would normally um, loving difficult people. Um, and it's like a counselor that wrote it. It was really interesting because he talked about narcissists and how to deal with narcissists and everything. Right. Um, but, uh, now I'm reading the brothers Karamazov and I'm like, I have such a hard time with narratives, but I'm, I'm making myself do this. Um, and so I've heard great things about this book and it seems to be kind of the inspiration for a lot of like psychological theorists and stuff like that. It's yeah. Right. So smart people are supposed to read it. So I'm going to (laughs) try. I want to be smart. Make sure somebody right. sees you reading it. That's the most important part. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Big dust cover on it says, yeah. Uh, something you said earlier kind of struck me um, mm-hmm. when you were talking about uh, separating from church as we know it. And mm. that just reminded me of our current pandemic situation where most people are not able to go to church. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it's just really, and at least in my family and my circle of friends it's really forced us to reevaluate why we go to church and what the purpose of the church is and um what is important to bring back once we go back to attending church again and what what do we keep and what do we leave behind Mm. and what i'm afraid is what i'm afraid is going to happen and i'm already kind of seeing this is that a lot of churches like heavily ramped up their social media platforms during this time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like just ramping up your social media presence and getting some cool, you know, slick production tricks and things like that is how do I, how do I put this? Um, it's not bad in and of itself but that is not really uh, how, how are you going to, what are you going to do with that? When church goes back to attending in person, are you going to try and sustain that? Are you going to try and extend it? Or are you, you know, are you just going to kind of wind it down or what purpose is it serving? Um, and it's caused a lot of discussion with us mm. because, because it's a lot of times it's not clear what the purpose is other than, just reminding people, hey, we're still here, you know. Um, Keep sending the checks in the mail, folks. <laughs> right, well, right. I, I think that's the hard part about this, too, is like realizing that that's like church has become very much a business. And it can, yeah. And it's like, so, you know, needing to ramp up the social media presence. And I know, like, part of it is like, you know, like there are, and I, I'm going to assume the majority are like saying, no, like the people need to hear the word, (laughs) you know, the word needs to be brought to them. Um, They need to be able to have an opportunity to worship. Like there's all those things. right? Right. But there's a part of me that's still like, we got to keep this machine running. And I know like one thing I really liked that Dan white jr. Um, was talking about is he said why can't we make our services more interactive with technology and you know allow people to chime in during the message like and kind of you know make make comments or whatever and I'm like if that actually happened during this 
And we were able to make it less about just like, I am bringing this all to you and you need to sit and listen, which is the lecture format that, I don't know, mm. has been around since the 1800s, if not longer. But it's right. like, that's very different from like, let's break bread together and let's have a discussion. You know, like if you think about like the Jewish yeah. tradition where people would just sit and wrestle with scripture together or there'd be a teacher, right. but people would like kind of talk with the teacher. There would be like interaction. And I think that's something that's so lacking. I mean, this is yeah. the reason why we have people falling away from the church because they've got a guy from a pulpit that's telling them, this is how you have to see it. And there's not really room for people to be like, well, hold on though. Is that really what Jesus meant when he said that? And it's like, that's when you send an angry email to your pastor. And then he comes <laughs> to the pulpit later and complains about how, Oh, I got angry emails last time I said this, you know, or whatever. Right. And it's like, I don't know. There's do that, just, John? what was that? <laughs> did, did, did you do that, John? <laughs> I never have, right? But I'm like, I, I think, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I just feel like there's so much to wrestle with. And how do we do that together as a body of believers? And, you know, be able to help people with their doubts. Because I think at some level, and um, one, of my, one of my favorite people in kind of that deconstruction community is a guy, um, there's a guy who um, I just got a message here. Our, this meeting no longer has a time limit. Yeah, isn't that great? <laughs> okay, I didn't know there was a time limit. So awesome. Um, anyways, so this guy, David Hayward, um, he calls himself Naked Pastor, and he has all these cartoons that he keeps putting up. And there was oh, one great. where there's this girl named um, Sally who's in the supermarket. And she sees someone from church and that person from church has basically forgotten who she is because, you know, once somebody leaves the church or, or deconstructs, it's like the church kind of neglects them. And I'm just like, here's the thing is I want to talk to the Sally's. That's, that's really what I feel needs to be done. It's like, why did you leave? Why did you question? Like what, what, what are the questions you're wrestling with right now? Um, because we need that space because it's, it's, it's kind of like there's this, this belonging aspect where it's like, but you have to have all these doctrines lined up to belong in our community. And I'm like, I, I think, you know, there's a fundamental portion of it that we're like, okay, like if you're going to go around telling people stuff that's totally wrong and cause division that's one thing and I, I think that's the only time you exclude somebody is like okay no 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 you being here is harmful right but like this idea when people start to question things it's like that's what we should be doing like we should be wrestling with this together let's wrestle with this passage i don't like how this was said i i don't really understand why the bible says this can we can we dig into this together right so right well that that goes against the grain because, and I like the idea of the a kind of an open church format. And I actually used to, when I was in a smaller church, uh, really push hard for it. And the pastor was actually on board and we actually experimented with having a completely open format church service. Um, and it happened a couple of times, um, but then it never happened again and never heard a reason why. And then eventually 
moved on from that church. Um, but most, most, I think most ministers are scared to death of that sort of thing. One, because they're concerned that, you know, frankly, some lay people say the dumbest things. <laughs> You're going to have somebody right. who's going to stand up and start talking about Dr. Judy and the Doctors in Black video um, and conspiracy theories and things like that <laughs> in the middle of service and like, pastor, what are we, why aren't we doing something about this? And you're going to have weird stuff like that. And then you're going to have weird people who stand up and say doctrines that, you know, do go against what the church officially believes in on paper. And so they're just yeah, like, yeah. no, no, no. We, we understand what happens when you give people an opportunity to say things and, um, so we're not going to allow it to be said because that would just create confusion and it may undermine what we're trying to do here. And it's especially going to undermine me when I can't handle it. And Hey, I'm the specialist. I went to Bible college. I went to seminary. Um, so you, you need to listen to me, uh, because the person next to you is probably thinking scary thoughts. Um, and so I, I get it. Like, uh, that's, that's exactly why that will never happen on a large scale. Um, especially when, you know, you have dollars and institutions and jobs and people to feed that work for the church. That would be disastrous. I think that's probably the way it actually needs to be. Um, and, you know, ideally the, the quote unquote man of God is, you know, spiritual enough to be able to handle a little cantankerous uh, sort of stuff from uh, the, the rank and file. Um, but, uh, right. you know, I, I, I don't think most are skilled in that sort of thing because when you went to bible college they trained you to uh to preach a three-point sermon and make uh, illustrations and do exposition and all that stuff they didn't teach you how to deal with uh fielding questions from uh the crowd um and uh yeah. why would they <laughs> that would be right, that yeah. would be worse than you know reading the bible in english uh for luther and the, the catholic church and you know things yeah like that. So, I mean, Absolutely. to answer that question, like, are we going to still have this ramped up social media glossy thing going on with the church? I'm like, yeah, I think we will. I think we'll have people that are like, you know what? I'm just going to stay home and watch the live stream this Sunday. And that's going to be the new normal. My wife and I like Bedside Baptist at least once a month. Not going to lie. Hmm. Well, yeah. It's for us, it's been, it's, it's been touch and go because I'm more of an extrovert. My wife is more of an introvert. Mm -hmm. We, if we don't go back to church, she'd be perfectly fine with that. Um, and not to say that she doesn't want to, but she doesn't need it from a, a purely social aspect. Right. right. And and I don't need it as much as a social aspect, as much as I just really enjoy it. Plus, it's an it's an avenue for me to play worship music and, mm -hmm. and do that thing, you know. So yeah. I enjoy it. But um, I was having a good discussion with a friend of mine at lunch today, and um, we were talking about that. And I said, I, I I think I've gotten to the point where I no longer need church people to validate me in what I'm doing. And I think that's a big part of it. I still miss them. I still enjoy being with them, but I'm not compelled to feel like I have to go 
so I don't disappoint people or so that I can feel better about myself and better about serving. Yeah. I'm okay with that. And um, because, you know, like we're looking at this, this is a very big paradigm shift for us in the American and Canadian church, you know, the Western church. But there are places where you may not get to hear a preacher that was trained in Bible school, but once a month, if you're lucky, Mm -hmm. you know, and your church is the family gets together and they, they pray and they sing a song every morning or, you know, twice a week or whatever. And it, it, we have this, this preconception of what church should be, but we have to realize our, our notion of what church should be is very heavily shaped in the North American church over the last hundred years or so. hundred percent. Uh, right, right. And so when we think of that as normal, that really doesn't reflect the church as a whole um, because other countries, other people groups do church way differently than we do. Mm-hmm. And so is it wrong to analyze that? Is it, is it wrong of us to look at our current church model and go, you know, there's some things about this that aren't really necessary. There's some things about this that I think we could do better. Um, like having an open forum kind of format every now and then, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And, and I think we're afraid of it because we've been conditioned to expect entertainment and or a lecture and yeah. not really understanding where that comes from or why we just do it out of habit it's funny i'm thinking here we are now entertain us how <laughs> <laughs> prophetic kurt cobain some, was some what a Nirvana, theologian yeah. <laughs> this church right. smells like teen spirit no um yeah you know what you said though not needing to be validated by church people is really hit the nail on the head for me because that's what I've been walking through for the past mm. number of years. Um, because there was a point where I felt like I was called to ministry. And right. I remember I had this moment where I had kind of this realization that all of my anger, all of my frustration was due to not living out the significance I felt like I was supposed to live with. And it's like, no, 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 yeah. God's called me to be a pastor. I'm an important person. God's supposed to do <laughs> these great things through me. And you achieve your vision. Yeah. Well, and achieve what I thought was God's vision for my life and that I was le- right. letting God down because I wasn't living out this big vision. And, you know, I had that yeah. moment where it was like I could sense him saying to me, my child, you're already significant. and. Right. It was a powerful moment. And it made me realize, you know what? Playing bass on the worship team is fine. I don't need to have a mic. I don't need to be preaching. I don't need to be. And there were all these things. But it was in that moment, too, that I could sense, you know, that he was saying to me, you're going to build your own platform. And I had no idea what that looked like. And Hmm. now I think I have some idea. I have a few platforms that I use. Right. And so but it's outside of the church. And when the church validates it, you know, if they say, oh, I like what you're doing, you know, if people from the church or people, you know, it's like, it's just, it, it, it's 
okay, but it's not, it's not something I needed anymore. Right. Like I used to need that and I don't need it anymore. And so it's like, I know that I'm doing something interesting and I'm like, I don't really know how much it's catching on, but I'm doing something interesting and I'm just going to keep doing it because I felt like, I feel like this is what I was born to do. And it's to have these conversations, you know, whether it's on the podcast, whether it's in my music, whether it's, you know, and it's, it's everywhere. And so it's funny because right before the lockdown, I did a audition for my church's worship team. And after we finished the audition, basically I was told, it's like, Hey, so we get the feeling that this is not your number one passion. And I'm like, Oh, I have never had a church say that to me. I have never had a church care about what my number one passion is. <laughs> it's like, Hey, you can breathe. You play bass, come play. Right. And it's like, it's just, there's skills <laughs> right. that are needed and it's not, not a knock on the church, you know, on that particular church that would want me as a bass player. I mean, most people are flattered when the church says, Oh, you can play bass. Yeah. Come play. Right. There's very few people right. that would actually be hurt by that notion. Um, but I was shocked and I'm like, I still, you know, when lockdown is done, I'm not sure where I stand with the church, whether I'm going to serve there or not. But I'd like to maybe tell them what my vision is, my vision for mentoring other artists. And I'm like, if I have an opportunity to do that in the church, that'd be awesome. I'd rather do that than be on the stage all the time. Absolutely. I have no problem with being on a worship team and doing everything in the background. I don't need the attention. Mm -hmm. I don't need the spotlight. I mean, that's okay. I can do that. Um, but I don't need that necessarily to worship. I don't need that to fulfill my, my purpose. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about, and I'm going to ask you this first, Jimmy. Um, okay, let's take, a, let's take a little trip back in time. And let's say it's, it's 1980, okay? And pretend you're, you know, in your 20s and you have a young family, you know, whatever. And this happens, the, the pandemic and the lockdowns happen in 1980, and there's no internet. How would you do church at home? I'd probably uh, gather my family, say some prayers, read the Bible, talk about the whatever concept came out of it, ask people if they had any questions or wanted to put it in their own terms, and... Uh, you know, maybe have one of the the children kind of put on a little uh, like, hey, can you act this out, you know, sort of thing. Um, right. That's probably what I would have done. I'm sure that's probably what they did in the last pandemic, right? Hmm. <laughs> maybe so. So why aren't we doing it in this one? Right. Well, we, get, we, we got the people on the TV that we're sending our checks to. <laughs> <laughs> they, they've got yeah. it taken care of for us just A-okay. I get to check out. Yeah, no responsibility on my part. Just keep sending the check. Just just tune in, man. You're good, right? right. Now that's, I, I, guess, I, I, get what, I get what I need out of it, right? I don't want to sound cynical. I mean, I, I really don't. Because oh, I mean, me neither, I, it, but it's true. <laughs> well, <laughs> Not right. the cynicism, but I mean, the analysis. Well, right. And that's, that's something that we have to be really honest with ourselves when we look at right. the way the church is being handled during all of this you know, is, is the, is the solution really to ramp up social media? Is that really solving the problem? Is that really fulfilling the church's purpose? What is the church's purpose? 
you know, and how, how is that, you know, um, I don't know, just something to think about. You know, I don't really have any, any solid answers, but again, if this was happening 30 years ago, what would we have done then? Why can't we do that now? And I know some yeah. people that would, that are, but most people aren't. I, it's, this is the thing though, like it's like this, the church is an institution, right? And it's like systems, it's using the right words. And like, even, you know, like this podcast I was listening today, I was getting kind of annoyed with because they're like talking about how church is done so differently at this one church. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'm coming into the sanctuary. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. We don't call it a sanctuary. We call it an auditorium. And I'm like, oh, you guys are cool. Uh But I was, it was just so funny to me because I'm just like, I think what we need is to connect people with the love of God. And I'm like, and I'm realizing that's the theme to everything I do. Every person I have on the podcast, that's what I'm trying to do, you know, on the Wax Museum. And the Wax Museum often isn't just like clearly Christian. Bridge of Watt music isn't clearly Christian. This podcast, ADD Masterminds, pretty clearly Christian. And um, more or less. Yeah. And so when I was thinking about like, I we're talking about the book Sapiens, which talks about the whole world from a evolutionary point of view. That's the whole, that's what the book is. And it's really interesting. And I had my atheist friend on and I was like, let's talk about your mythology. (laughs) If I can use that term. Right. And it was kind of (laughs) interesting because it's just like, to me, it's like when um, they took basically the declaration of independence and changed it, so that it's written from an evolutionary point of view and it's lost kind of its oomph because it's like all you know men are created equal well not really all humankind has evolved differently you know like and there are all these things and so i kind of brought in i'm like well isn't isn't kind of that christian mythology kind of important to give that a little bit of oomph isn't it important to bring the love into this? Right. And so it was kind of, it was interesting because he, you know, he wanted to go to like, well, you know, like religion leads to suicide bombers. I'm like, yeah, that happens sometimes. That's really messed up. Right. And it's like, and I mean, like, I I didn't want to like say, Oh no, no. Christians have never done anything wrong ever. Right. But, um, it's still a lot of good things too, but it's like every conversation though, what we can agree on is love is a good thing. And it's like, you know, what's funny is even people who are triggered by the word God, and I've met a couple people on Twitter now, you know, who have told me, please don't say God, that's triggering to me. And I'm like, that's crazy. And I'm like, that's so sad to me that the name God has been, you know, is, is connected to spiritual abuse that they've experienced, right? I mean, there are people who have been sexually assaulted and the church has covered it up and that's what they see as God. And I'm like, all right, okay, let's not use that word. What if I told you that love is calling you? And it's like, we can buy into that. Everyone can buy into that. So what is love? What is the purest form of love? What does that look like? And so that's kind of something I'm trying to explore everywhere and i don't know why i got on this stair it was a good one though. i enjoyed it 
yeah, it's it's absolutely fine, John. Really, it's good. So, Jimmy, I'm sorry about your dog. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Thanks. So, yeah. do dogs go to heaven when they die, or do they black out forever? Well, the movie you know, says for... all dogs go to heaven, but... Right. The movies never lie. They're always right. Yeah. No, I, that's something I struggled with, and it's it's terrible yeah. because I I know I've I don't know I, I I've come over the years I've been of the opinion okay animals they black out they don't even remember their own existence after they die uh, and that you know God has for us a resurrection plan and of course uh, we're going to be conscious and remember everything for all eternity and all that fun stuff. Um, and we have the hope of Jesus. Jesus died to redeem us. You know, we're going to be resurrected. He's coming back for us. Ha, glory. Um, but, you know, oops, sorry, dogs. You won. You uh, drew the short stick on the, uh, the lottery there for life. Um, and you had a good run, but uh, see ya. Nice knowing you. Um, and, you know, that's it's something that's bothered me because it's like, mm. You know, part of me is like, I don't want to believe that. But like, part of me is like, I sit there and read, well, the Bible only promises resurrection of human beings. And, um, you know, first Corinthians, you reap what you sow, you, you uh, sow a spiritual body, and then you'll reap a a spiritual body, you know, that sort of thing. And I was like, maybe your dog lived a spiritual life, like, and it's possible. (laughs) And, you know, uh, I mean, like, I I tend not, I guess I tend, you know, I, I don't know if maybe I'm too uh, man centered in my theology, maybe. Um, but, uh, and got an over appreciation of man, but it's something that's like, but it's like, you know, I try to keep an open mind and some people pointed to Romans eight and be like, well, you know, all creation groans, uh, for the redemption of the world and stuff like that. Um, you know, and it's like, you know, so it seems like even animal kingdom, you know, groans with creation as part of that. And, you know, Christ makes all things new, new heavens, new earth. Uh, And so, you know, and the new heavens, new earth isn't going to be devoid of animals. So it's likely going to include, you know, fluffy. Um, But uh, I wonder if it'll be the same fluffy though. Right. I I don't know. Like I'm, I I don't have an answer for this question. Right. Um, But to me, and we lost our cat Canuck like uh, last summer. And, um, that was such a Canadian name for an animal. <laughs> yeah. I named yeah. him. It oh, is. Uh, he was a good cat. Um, and I, I think, you know, like with grief, um, I don't know how much it helps to actually know that you're going to see that person again. Um, so much as it's like, can I remit? Because, I mean, even with a person, you're like, well... I'm pretty sure Mother Teresa had a pretty good relationship with Jesus, so she's going to heaven. But then, like, when you go to a funeral and you're like, yeah, this person clearly wasn't a believer. And then, you know, people are like, yeah, yeah, we'll see them in heaven. I'm like, well, maybe. I don't know. Right. And you don't want to say that at the funeral. But, like. Right. But you know what I mean? Like, do we really know for sure (laughs) anybody's going to heaven? Right. (laughs) Right. And I mean, like, so I I look at this and I'm like, okay, so to me, the best thing you could do with grief is like, yeah, it hurts. Yes, it hurts. And you keep talking about how it hurts and you keep walking through the hurt. But there's a point where you start to be like, 
remember that silly thing that you know fluffy did remember when remember when fluffy sat on your face and woke you up because you were suffocating you know like i I don't know just weird things and you start to look at that time you had with that being whether it's a person or a pet hopefully they weren't suffocating you um where you start to say you know what i was blessed to have that i was blessed to have that and it's like you want to get to that point where you can just look back on it because i i remember you know, one of my kids was crying and said, if I knew that our cat was going to die, why did we get a cat? And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is, this is a precious time that we had. You know, we had 15 years right. with this cat. This right. cat was wonderful. It was a great cat. And we were so blessed to have him. And it's like, we want to get to the point where we're just like, that was a great time we had with that cat. Um, Dang, though. Like, I think, you know, like when we talk to kids who lose their father, right? I don't know how you ever get to that point with that, you know, because I, I we have very dear friends and like they lost their father and these, you know, the daughter was in kindergarten. Um, the son was like in grade three and it's like, ah, that's got to be hard. Right. But like, well, yeah. But that's the way I see grief anyways, is like, I, I don't know if I need to know I'm going to see that pet again, or I'm going to see that person again. Because I mean, like, do we have complete assurance that grandpa's in heaven? You know, like, I, I don't know. I don't know grandpa's heart. Like, that actually may have made it more I, depressing. I, I think, but, I, you know, for, for me, it's, the I guess you know, the, the sting associated with death is man, if there is no resurrection, then they've ceased to exist altogether. And that's a terrifying thought that something I loved doesn't exist anymore and will never exist again. And at least I can take some comfort, even, even if I thought, Hey, grandpa went to hell, you know, at least I can sit there and think, well, he still exists. Right. You know, and and so maybe I find some sort of, you know, even in the the terrors of thinking somebody went to hell, you know, some comfort. Really? In fact. I completely disagree with that. I'm like, I'm glad that Canuck is not burning <laughs> in eternal conscious torment. No, I, but I'm saying like the, the <laughs> idea that they still exist at some level, like, and they're not just snuffed out forever. I don't know. That's like, so interesting because, like, like, to me, even there... like my own life. I was thought thinking about this and like, what if as a Christian, I'm completely wrong. Pascal's wager. Let's say I'm completely wrong. I live this life trying to draw everyone to love. And then I die, my eyes shut and I cease to exist. There's part of me that's kind of relieved because existing (laughs) is exhausting. It is exhausting. And so, yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, I'm cool with that. I mean, heaven sounds awesome to me. Heaven is like a big bonus. Right. <laughs> if I can live in eternal bliss in the presence of God, that's really cool, right? But man, yeah, I, I don't know. It's weird to me, like this notion that like people just got to keep existing forever. I, I, I think even like, you know, when you talk about, and I've talked about this before, um, this, there was some movie with Johnny Depp where like he gets his consciousness uploaded to a computer and I'm like, really dude? Like you want to just exist forever in a computer? 
I'm like, at some point, the world is sick of you. <laughs> I think. I don't know. Well, here, let me give you this. Let me offer this up, Jimmy. And and first off, um, I'm really glad there is no cat heaven or hell. <laughs> <laughs> that would be be that terrible. would be weird that would be terrible <laughs> it would it would just it would be horrible um but the story in matthew 22 and this 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 is what popped into my head when you you mentioned remembering your dog in heaven and we'll have those memories that's that's fine but it reminded me of when the pharisees asked jesus this guy uh married had no kids died and you know and um had no children, left his wife to his brother. And so she marries all of the brothers and then goes, you know, when she dies, they ask Jesus, whose, whose wife is she? And Jesus says, you don't understand what heaven is like. He mm. says, you're in error because yeah. you don't know yes. the scriptures or the power of God at the resurrection. Mm -hmm. People will neither marry nor be given in marriage. They will mm. be like the angels in heaven. Yes. And I don't know about you guys, but I'm very very fond of my wife um, yeah i hope you're, you're not fond of my wife you hope you're <laughs> that's another podcast no. yeah but this, this is, is like the pastor that says my wife is hot and it's like right. is she though <laughs> no like hey, man, you really want to agree with them <laughs> yeah. yeah now that you mention it sir no <laughs> right but i mean the idea is i can't imagine in existence through eternity without remembering my wife because mm. she means so much to me and she's so close to me and we share so much and we're one flesh and there's there's so much greatness about that yeah on the other hand that is meant to be an image of our relationship with god mm -hmm. we're the bride of christ yes and when we get to heaven jesus says we're going to be like the angels in heaven and I can I can guess that what he meant by that was we will not be living our ordinary human daily kind of lives. Like we're not going to be doing laundry in heaven. We're not going to be going down to the delicatessen, you know, going to Holy McDonald's in heaven, you know, or what? I, I mean, it's just our concept of life as we know it now doesn't exist there. A hundred percent. Right. I think that's and something so, people really miss. Yeah. I have the feeling that if I'm going to heaven and I'm going to be okay with not really being married to my wife, mm -hmm. I'll probably be okay with not having my cat. Cause I had a cat that passed away. She was 16 years old. Mm -hmm. um, and we had to, we had to have her put down and that was difficult. I cried. Yeah. It was, it was emotional because she yeah. had been there. And was older than two of my kids. I mean, we yeah. had her for a long, long time. Yeah. And it, uh, I miss her, but I also recognize that she was a cat, and she probably hated my guts. <laughs> <laughs> but she yeah, secretly dreamed cats. of killing you. <laughs> <laughs> right, probably so. And she's probably mad that she uh, she did not live me. But the idea is that her whatever memories she had of her existence were cat memories or, you know, like your dog would have been dog memories. 
they don't really have a grasp of eternity. They don't really have an idea of, of what that means. They live very much in the moment, you know, mm. very much existing now and here and now. And yeah, because of that, they're very temporal kind of existence, you know, and, and, and that may or may not comfort you. I, I understand that. It doesn't make it any easier because we get emotionally attached to them. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I have some hope in knowing that when I get to heaven that I'm going to be so overwhelmed by God's glory and by sitting at the feet of Jesus. I'm not going to be too worried about, you know, still being married to my wife and saying, hey, you see that one over there? She's, you know, that's my wife. She was my wife back on earth. Like, <laughs> nobody's going to care. High five. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's awesome. No, no, you're right. And like, I, it's funny because I, I remember reading that verse before and seeing other people like, oh my gosh, that's terrible. I'm not going to be married to my wife. And I was just like, no, no, no. It's like, it's like, think about all the good and bad aspects of marriage. Right? <laughs> and it's like, it's only going to be the good with Jesus. Right. And it's like, and I, be I careful, uh, John, we have to be careful. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember, um, you know, people would always say like, oh, there's, I like bowling. There's going to be bowling in heaven. Right. And I'm like, I don't think you're going to care about bowling in heaven. I'm like, no. and I always thought like, there's that moment when two lovers connect, like when they look into each other's eyes and there's just like that moment that you're just like, this is, it doesn't get better than this. And I'm like, I always imagine it's that moment, that feeling, that sense of completeness, except it's going to be sustained in heaven and i'm like and right. yeah so i i don't think that we're gonna be like what there's no bowling <laughs> no Chick -fil -A. I so what? good i have so much faith in jesus and i end up here and there's no bowling <laughs> like how could this be heaven without a bowling alley right? <laughs> <laughs> i don't know who's this person that fetishizes so bowling so I, much I, I would feel like i was trapped in hell if they were if we we're playing uh bowling in heaven Hey, speaking of death, I remember um, when I was at like a youth conference and there was a pamphlet and it, I think it was a pamphlet for like world relief or something like that. And it said, by the time you read this pamphlet, 20 kids are going to die of starvation. So you know what I did? I did yeah, not read, read the it? pamphlet. <laughs> not all heroes wear capes, guys. Right. I hope you ate a burger after that too, just to uh, numb the guilt. <laughs> so we all, we all live on our own fact planets. Yes, that was so good. I, you know, yeah. it's funny. Um, so we got into a discussion on Facebook. I was causing trouble. I just, yep. I love doing these posts where I say, can we all agree? And it's always something that we don't agree with. And I, I think the funny thing is, is when I say this, people assume that I legit think we can all agree on this. <laughs> I'm like, I know we don't agree on this. My point is, is that this stuff is not black and white, but really right. it's the black and white thinkers that chime in on this. And they're like, no, we can't agree on this. Or they're like, yes, John's right about this, right? Um, <laughs> You're such a horrible person, John. <laughs> but I do feel like, you know, this is along the veins of conversations that need to be had. It's like people don't want to talk about it, and they certainly don't right. want to talk about it among people that disagree with them. Oh, and yeah. um, I actually, 
been reading the book, The Righteous Mind. I was listening to that on audiobook. So that's another book I was doing, but I was doing it. I wasn't really reading it. I was audiobooking it. Cheat. Um, but he was saying that intuition is actually our guiding principle for all of our morality. And so it's like this idea that there's like an elephant and there's a rider. And so the elephant is intuition and the rider is our rationalization. Now think about it. Like, okay, so let's say um, your wife says something that makes you really angry or your kids do something that really makes you angry. And you're like, you can't do that. And they're like, why? Because, and then you come up with a reason. The elephant told you you should be angry, and the rider's like, um, this is why. I got to think of something. Yeah, it's a post hoc explanation. And the funny thing is, is we do this all the time. Like, so when, you know, you talk about firearms, all of us have already decided guns are good or guns are bad. And so then after that, like, all of it's just post hoc. And it's like, oh, have you seen the statistics, though? The statistics say, you know, and it's like, yeah, yeah. You, who cares? I don't like guns. Keyboard warriors. I'm just going to say, I don't like guns. And Monkeys it doesn't matter guns. what you say. You're not going to convince me that guns are a good thing. But you wrote a song about monkeys with guns. Yeah, exactly. Monkeys with guns. Does it sound like a good idea? <laughs> so, anyways, we all have our own fact planets. And so we, we start with this um, intuition and then we find the rationalizations for our intuition. Right. My intuition right now is telling me God is love. And so everything's got to fit into that notion. And so I'm okay with that. I'm okay with following that intuition. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, Christians who are more, um, I guess, fundamentalists that are like, no, no, no. God is also justice. Right? I'm like, no, no, no. God is just. God is not justice. But God is love. <laughs> right? And, and, but the thing is, is they live on a different fat planet. Because being all love is a dangerous thing. That means you let people get away with bad things. Right? Which I disagree with. But anyways. Right. But that's the thing. Right? So I, I do really think in a lot of these situations, people live on their own fat planets. And so there's almost no point in having the conversation. But I do like to hear yeah. people talk and, and, and watch That's... them explain why they see things the way they see it. And I may or may yeah. not try to correct them. But I'm like, I'm realizing trying to correct them is so pointless. It's getting exhausting the older I get. That's why I kept yeah. posting conspiracy theories on <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> And Elvis is still alive. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Who do you it's think not he a Subway? That's right. It's not a conspiracy if it's true, man. Right. Well, there was one person that says, you know that the term conspiracy theory was come up, was, was dreamt up by the CIA? And I just put Laffy <laughs> emoticon on that. I'm like, you're too far one, gone, one buddy. One of my friends who's huge into conspiracy theories is the first to always point that out anytime I have that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course. Here's the thing, though. This is what drives me crazy. So we talk about, like, um, let's say uh, climate change deniers, right? That's a wonderful term. But I'm like, okay, so I'm a Christian. 
I'm a climate change denier, but just so you guys know, if you don't believe in Jesus, you're going to hell and you're going to be eternally tortured in fire if you don't believe what I believe. Global so it's warming. like what you guys are talking about is, is complete crap. Like humans cannot change the temperature of the earth because the Bible says we can't. The Bible says we will not destroy the earth. Therefore, you guys are crazy for saying that. But if you don't believe in Jesus like I do, you are going to go to hell for all eternity. Just trust me on this. Like, <laughs> I, I'm like, what? Like, I, I don't think you're going to sell people on this. Nope. And, and so I've been thinking about it. It's like, so it's like we've got the climate change deniers versus the eternal conscious torment deniers. <laughs> Different right. planets, guys. Right. I think I, you, I've given up. Isn't that fun? Um, okay. Did you go and verify whether the doctor in black claims about COVID-19 were true? I didn't even watch the video. I just well, noticed course, that YouTube took it down. Before uh, I could course, see it, I'm like, well, of, ah, of course, I didn't need to see it. watch the video. No. <laughs> but they, you watch it? You watched it, Jimmy? Yeah, I managed to watch it. Enough people sent me links that I eventually clicked on one that worked, and I watched it. Um, and I'm sitting there thinking like, you know, okay, well, she's making some pretty serious claims here. Let's see if I can check out and verify if any of these claims she's making are true because she never actually, you know, offered any proof of any of the claims that she made. She just made them and said, right. trust me on it because they're out to get me. Um, and I went around to start sniffing around to see what I could find, you know, if anybody could back up what she said. And turns out I couldn't find up back find anybody that actually could everything actually pointed to the opposite of what she claimed and the only people who could prove what she claimed were true were saying well just watch her video because you know <laughs> that's the proof right. and, and this other conspiracy theory, theory video this other conspiracy theory video you know that's the proof too and it's kind of like right well yeah, that's but the like, thing right once you believe there's a conspiracy the whole thing unravels right. because you're like well well, these scientists are saying she's wrong. Yeah, but those guys are from the establishment. Right. That's what they want you to think, right? <laughs> right. And so, right. different fact planet. You know what? I'm just going to stay on my planet. You stay on your planet. We be good. But it shocked me how many people watched the video and sat there and thought, you know, what she's saying, it sounds legit. Well, see. I believe it. They didn't sit there not, and actually, they didn't actually sit there and think, well, what's her proof? You know, like, right. what can you show me? Yeah. Like, it just was, well, she said it. So it, it sounds like something I've heard before. It must be true. And, and that was that, like the people who I know who are digging their heels in deep on it, that's pretty much their, their argument. And it's entirely circular. It's entirely ridiculous. And I'm like, where's the proof of these things? And it's always nothing, nothing, nothing. How many people did you see post that video and say, well, this is interesting? Right. And Only I think, you know, like the, well, this is interesting is also an endorsement. Right. And it's like, okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something crazy. I'm going to see how this lands. Okay. You know what's overrated? Making up Podcast. your mind <laughs> for yourself on everything. Because hmm. here's the thing. We don't necessarily have the tools right. to make up our minds about everything. And so it's kind of interesting because coming into this, I kind of had a bone to pick with this whole notion because people are like, no, no, no. 
I've got to watch the video because I need to make up my mind for myself. And I'm like, I don't know. I know for sure for me, there are things I can't make my mind up about. I mean, right now, even the notion of eternal conscious torment, eh, I'm not sure. Like, I, I'm not 100% sure on that. And that may make me a heretic and whatever. <laughs> I still believe my salvation is through my faith in Christ alone. So I'm still covered as far as heaven goes. But as far as how I scare people into becoming Christians, I'm iffy on that. Um, man, though. Yeah. 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 I, I agree I, with I you. Can interject but... something? Yeah. Mm. Oh, sorry, Jamie. No, go um, ahead. Go ahead. I, I'll give you. Okay, I'll give you just a second though. But we, um, I had a discussion with my manager today about this, about mm -hmm. conspiracy theories, mm -hmm. and he he mentioned something about a headline he had read that mentioned something about the Pope joining with Intel and some other company and deciding about facial recognition software, uh -huh. right? And one of his friends had posted it and was outraged by it because the way that the headline was worded, it looked like the Pope was supporting facial recognition technology because of the way they had worded it. But if you read the article, he actually had written them letters saying that that was a dangerous place to go and that there needed to be limits in place to prevent it from being used in ways that were, you know, not good. And but you wouldn't have known that if you just skimmed the title and was like, oh my gosh, you know, there's a conspiracy. Mm. And so we got to talking about um, confirmation bias and things like that. Yeah. But one of the things, one of the things that we discussed was how the, um, the idea of miscategorizing COVID deaths, which we know is a thing it's happened. The CDC corrected a lot of their numbers. Um, but there's this pervasive conspiracy theory going around that the whole thing was orchestrated uh, to induce panic and control and all of this stuff. And I said, mm -hmm. well, you know, if that were the case, then every single city, every hospital and coroner in every city all over the world would have had to have been in on it for this to be, you know, yes. and so yes, the deeper exactly. you get, the, Right. The deeper you get into it, the more suspension of disbelief you have to have in order to float these theories. And I'm like, on a scale that large, that's just, I mean, that's, that's not possible. Well, you know? how, many, how many of these theories <laughs> assume this is only happening in the United States? Right. You know it, what I mean? Like, of them some have of these people United, are like, yeah. A lot of them have a very United States bent towards them. And I'm like, well, sure. you know, I'm pretty sure they're not... Sh shutting down the United Emirates because Bill Gates is trying to get rich off a vaccine. Like, I'm pretty sure China did shut down because of Bill Gates. I was going to ask a fun theological question on Facebook. I might once everything simmers down because I feel like I've caused <laughs> enough trouble. But here's my theological question, okay? If I unknowingly get the mark of the beast implanted into my body by some tech giant, I'm not going to mention his name, do I go to hell? <laughs> oh, you're going to have fun with that one. Yeah. Good luck with that, John. You're on your own. <laughs> to go back to your question, though, about the, the, 
the uh, uh, not having to have an opinion on a thing. And I think that's actually very important. I actually talked about this a little bit recently in a recent podcast I did this past week on conspiracy theories, where I talked the the author of a uh, article Jimmy's about, Table. Yeah, Jimmy's Table.com, episode 58. Not to uh, be confused with Jimmy the Table. Right, not to be confused with the Jimmy the Table. Um, but uh, you know, one of the one of the authors that I read talked about how you know we're suffering from an infodemic, and that people are just barraged with so much information that's beyond their ability to one comprehend and two critically think about and three be information in an area where they have a specialty knowledge to where they could reflect a critical expert level judgment on that particular topic but they feel the need and compelled to weigh in and, and have an opinion on it anyway. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they only end up furthering the conspiracy theory basically through their own ignorance and feeling like, Hey, all of a sudden I'm an epidemiologist or I'm a, you know, or I'm an economist or I'm this, I'm that. And they all of a sudden feel compelled to, you know, make judgment on something that they should probably actually just watch, walk away from like, you know, and just be like, Nope, you know, I, I don't know what happened to Jimmy Hoffa, but guess what? I don't have to figure it out either. Um, and yeah, you don't have to. Right. I, think I probably should in case something happens to me. But um. I think that no matter what happens, there's going to be blood on someone's hands. Sure. Whether it is COVID deaths, whether it is deaths due to starvation, whether there is death due to suicide, cancer, whatever. Or whether it's cancer, whether it's, you know, these non or these elective surgeries like hip replacements that aren't supposed to be life threatening that could become right. There's so many ways for people to die right now. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, okay, right now, as it stands, any of the blood that is shed is on my government's hands. If I fight my government on this and I pressure them either way and say, no, 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 we got to keep this close forever. Or no, 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 we need to open now based on the information I have, which I really don't understand what's going on. Um, Right. I'm moving the blood on their hands to the blood on my hands because I've influenced all my Facebook friends and I got a whole movement going where we just told the government, this is what you need to do. I'm not comfortable with that. I'm okay with that, but it doesn't change anything. <laughs> well, yeah, well, that's the thing, right? And I mean, they're starting to open things up in Alberta anyways. So we're, we're starting to move on this. Is it too early? I don't know. Should we be doing it faster? I don't think so. Um, and we'll find out if it's too early. I don't know. I'm going to do what I can to make sure that I'm not spreading it if I have it. Right. And I mean, like, my job is to make sure people don't get sick. I'm doing everything I can to make sure people don't get sick. So, so people telling me this is not a big deal, I'm like, that's fine. Like, if you think it's not a big deal, that's whatever. But I have to treat it like it is, because that's my job. <laughs> right. See, you're part of the conspiracy, John, because of the, the corrupting right. influence of money and mammon. You have sold your soul to Bill Gates. You might as well just be microchipped right now. <laughs> might as well. Get Mark two microchips so you can be extra. <laughs> so you get one for your right hand and your left hand. <laughs> so you were asking, is social distancing making us paranoid? I wanted to say is social media making us paranoid. <laughs> right. Yes and yes. 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel I feel kind of the that that's probably a contributing factor actually to the social uh un, not only the social unrest but the cons, the the mass consumption of the conspiracy theories of whichever one pops up this week because you know we're all of a sudden not used to seeing outsiders very much especially for those of us who are actually practicing social distancing. So, you know, you start all of a sudden like, getting too close to somebody at the the grocery store and you're like, whoa, back up, man, back up. Like, I don't know where you've been, you know. And so you feel some of that tension just in the air. And you're just, that you actually know, going, happened to my wife today. I mean, it happened to me today at, uh, when I went grocery shopping this morning. Uh, I, I was getting too close to somebody and they kind of like flinched. Um, and I had a mask on. And so it's, but it was interesting to see. And, I, you know, I'm not going to say that I didn't kind of feel it myself, but so I think that is transferring also into this paranoia that we're starting to have mentally in our, in, our, in our psyche that not as only thinking of the person at the grocery store being a possible threat, but then we're transferring that also to bigger picture to government forces and be like, well, if the person in the, the aisle is out to get me, well, then I know the Donald uh, and his friends are out to get me, or I know Nancy Pelosi and Bernie Sanders are out to get me, or I know Bill Gates is out to get me, you know? So all of a sudden it's like we've adopted a, a um, sort of collective victim mentality um, in which we're like all of a sudden suspicious of everybody and everything. And that helps make some fertile soil in which conspiracy theories can grow. Hey, can I, Absolutely. Can I uh, quote the great prophet Kurt Cobain again? Absolutely. This is so sacrilegious. <laughs> Just because you're paranoid don't mean they're not after you. <laughs> Can I well, get an email? Well, I mean, well, I, I mean <laughs> it's like this one time I suspected somebody was a spy. And I looked at the guy and said, are you a spy? And he said, no, I'm not. I'm like, well, that's exactly what a spy would say. Oh, <laughs> what movie was that? Was that, it was either break, it might've been Breaking Bad, where it's like, you got to ask him if he's a cop. Right. And, oh, yeah, it was Breaking Bad. <laughs> Spoiler alert. But he says to him, he's like, you got to ask him if he's a cop. And if he's a cop, he has to say yes. So he's like, are you a cop? And he's like, no. And he's like, okay, good. And then he gives him the drink deal. And then he gets busted. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, okay. So I actually had a situation today, too, where I was, um, I was getting my pizza. And they've got like an automated system at the pizza place mm. um, where you like scan a QR code and then it'll open up and you can get like your pizza out, right? And wings or whatever I got, right? Fancy. But the owner comes over and he's like, oh, is that going to work? And he's like standing like <laughs> within like a foot of where I am. I'm wearing a mask, <laughs> but I'm just like, all right, well, I'm not going to make him sick. Um <laughs> And I just like, he's like, that was so stupid. Like, right. what, the, what a dummy. But anyways, I was uh, just like, and I, I wasn't worried, but I was just like, dude is breaking protocol. I hope he doesn't have COVID. Yeah. You should, you should turn him into the uh, thought police. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. Big like people, people telling on each other and stuff like that. I'm just like, well, whatever. Like, I don't know. I want to. I want to tell them my neighbors. I see, I see them in their ten kids playing. My, my, my one of my neighbors, they're like the 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 house all the cool kids go to, and they've like been setting up tents in their front yard 
to hang out and they've even rolled out a TV and they're like, there will be like 10 adults and kids over there in a driveway and they'll all be hanging out together. Part of me is like secretly wants to take pictures of them from my mini blinds and post it on social media so I can shame them. (laughs) (laughs) Did you guys have heard the story about the, uh, the snitch line that he had in New York city? No, please tell me you, you, you haven't heard that. No. So they they institute and they've done this in other cities as well but in new york city they instituted a uh, a snitch line that you could call and report your neighbors that were not adhering to the order uh-huh. well they shut it they shut it down because it it was flooded with oh. um uh rips on uh what's his name uh, de blasio whatever <laughs> and uh other inappropriate photographs of um, <laughs> genitalia. <laughs> Much respect, New York. Well so, played. Well played. Well played. <laughs> so, so the um, Nash and Cooper so, set up this line. <laughs> so Louisiana did the same thing. They released a uh, a website that you could report a business that was not adhering to the proper orders. And so uh, last week, I think the governor of Louisiana was caught um, traveling with his family on a plane, no masks, going to Florida on vacation. And um, <laughs> so I report I reported him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with his own uh, his own helpline, you know, his own nice. snitch lines. So I, I I looked up his address and I put it in there and I said, wow. "Not social distancing, not following protocol." Reported, boom. Nice. That is so ridiculous. We had the same Sticking thing happen in Canada too. And so, like the the leader of the Conservative Party of Canada, um, him and his family went on a plane together, and it's like, what are you? doing you don't take this seriously do you right so i mean yeah it's nuts (sighs) um how much longer do you think this quarantine will last um like i said alberta is relaxing how are things there in louisiana jeff well they're supposed to make an announcement monday the original date to start going back I think was May 15th. I think they're going to stick with that date. They are looking at metrics like rate of transfer and the rate of increase. And based on several different um, source sources of input, Louisiana is actually dropped down and is at the lower end of the um, rate of case transmission right now which is good because we started off at like number three. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty crazy. And so <laughs> depending on how you do the numbers within a certain time window, the you know, you get more accurate numbers if you have a shorter window. <laughs> and um, right now, I think there's only five or six states that are above the line as far as continuing the the rate of increase is still – at a rate where it's going to climb hmm. and there's 44 states that are below the line and trending downwards still now when i say the rate is below the line what i mean is they're rolling out more tests they're getting more positive results 
but the rate of the rate of increase is going down. In other right. words, they're adding fewer and fewer and fewer cases every day. And mm-hmm. in some states, it's actually there's there's none. Mm-hmm. Um, I think six or seven states had no new cases, you know, at all. And um, we're seeing the best I can tell, and, and I'm going to keep this short because I've been talking about this for ages and I'm just sick of it. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the best I can tell is that there were certain areas that were overwhelmed. They weren't prepared that their struggles um, were taken as in, this is how it is everywhere. And it mm. wasn't. Mm. Um, okay. And so I've talked to people actually working at hospitals in new orleans um it has dwindled down significantly uh toro hospital in new orleans has less than 30 cases now and most of those are gonna be discharged soon um in some of the hospitals here in the rural part of the state there are no new cases at all in any of the hospitals Mm -hmm. um you know so how severe is it it depends. If you are in a remote area, there's not a lot of severe cases. Um, there were some, mm-hmm. but there aren't there aren't any more, and they're not flying in like crazy, you know. And in the larger areas where they were really bad, I think part of the problem with that was the margin of error that they had, as far as like how much equipment they had, how prepared they were. There was a very thin margin there because hospitals can't just afford to have just piles of stuff laying around you know they don't use it um and so when they were immediately overwhelmed even if it was by a little bit people weren't sure how to take that you know oh my gosh hospitals are running out of ppe we don't have enough ventilators we don't have Mm -hmm. you know okay um but that still wasn't a great indicator of how bad it was because there was a lot of other factors that they didn't take into consideration you know, like, yeah, I had a, I had a friend of mine that works at a hospital in New Orleans and he was telling me, well, it's so bad. We ran out of body bags. Hmm. Okay. So one, I don't know how many they, they carry extra. <laughs> so, <Two>. well, <laughs> I, I don't know how yeah, many exactly. they normally, you know, I have no idea. So mm-hmm. that doesn't give me a proper frame of how bad is it? I don't know. All I know is they ran out of something that they needed. But other than that, I don't know. So well, that's the that's the thing, though, too. Right. And I mean, that's why I asked that question on Facebook. I'm like, how many deaths is OK? It's like I'm asking because I don't have a number. Like, I, I can't say zero is the number because there's always going to be deaths. Right. <laughs> right. Like, but I'm it's just funny to me that people are like, oh, well, there's only there's only 1% of people dying. I'm like, okay, is that a bad number? Or that's a good number? Like 1%, one out of a hundred. I mean, who is this one person? Like, do I know them? You know, like it's, you know, and so it's all of this kind of like the numbers, you know, and it's like, well, how many people are dying by suicide? How many, you know, and and it seems to me that there's a lot of people who think are very confident in their ability to interpret the numbers. And so, yeah, I didn't really, I didn't really get yeah. the answer on that. 
but I got a lot of people saying, well, that's ridiculous. You can't, you can't just care about COVID. And I'm like, I didn't say any, I just said how, how many deaths is okay. I didn't right. say how people and, die. Right. And I mean, it's an understanding we've been trained. We've been taught that we are special. We are precious and we will live forever. And, you know, we, we don't come to grips with our own mortality and we're not okay mm -hmm. with that. Mm -hmm. If you lived in the, 1800s um people it was not uncommon to have 10 to 20 kids because half of them wouldn't survive to age five i know yeah That's i mean it's so crazy you know, hey? hard right. to fathom and so our yeah. concept of mortality is very slanted because of our very limited experience with it you know well and i think you know what's interesting too and it's like to get back to animals again um in uh that sapiens you know, episode that we were talking, we were talking about how we treat animals and how like the lifespan of a, of a cow, I think is like 17 years. I don't know if I got that right, but basically we let them live less than a year. Why? Because there's no benefit to our economic system to keep them any longer than that. They're a liability. Like why are you paying all this money when you could slaughter it within a year and it's still got all the meat you would want. And it's like, what right. kind of quality of life does that leave with that animal? Well, the way our system is set up, it doesn't matter what the quality of life of that animal is. But Jimmy's dog, my cat, your cat, their quality of life does right. matter. You know, and it's right. just kind of interesting. And, you know, my friend was like kind of blaming religion for that. But I'm like, I mean, part of it is the religion of capitalism. Like it's, that's a concept. That is something that's driving our society. And our system, like our entire world is set up for capitalism. So whether capitalism is the answer or was the ultimate answer for how we should live or not, it's the one that works, right? And so, yeah, right. anyways, kind of a separate topic, but um, Jimmy, you still there? Yeah, Facebook group I'm on, a barbecue website uh, that I frequent, tells uh -huh. all sorts of barbecue tricks and everything. They, uh, somebody posted a picture of a cat or a dog uh, and they diagrammed which parts the brisket, which parts the uh, the breast meat, which parts the loin. Uh, you know, right. like just in case, you know, we run out. <laughs> well, that, I mean, what is is the only reason why we don't eat dogs and cats because of their pet their, their pets? It's not it's because just, they're terrible meat that you can't it's eat. Because we don't live in China. <laughs> right? Are you trying to give us one flu disease, John? Come on. Hey, you were asking, are you learning to cook new things in the kitchen, like sourdough bread? My mom was doing sourdough bread. Um, she had to let it, I think you make, you make your own yeast. Yep. How does that work again? She was I'm not an, I haven't made it, but I've read up on it because I got really desperate there for a while. I was having a hard time finding yeast and I needed some so I could make my homemade pizza dough and I couldn't. I searched for a couple of weeks and I couldn't find any yeast anywhere at multiple stores. I went to like five stores in one day looking for yeast within like a 10 mile range of my house and I couldn't find any. And uh, finally I got a relative to, to send me some, but um, I started looking into it and it's pretty much, it's pretty interesting. You, it's they, they say there's so much natural bacteria in the air that yeast is a natural thing that just occurs floating through the air. And if, essentially you just pour a little bit of water and a little bit of flour into a glass jar and then cover it up, it will start to ferment because of the yeast cultures that will build up in the water and the flour. 
Um, so, and, uh, so you, you do that and then like you take half of it out and then you add new flour and a little bit more water, you stir it all up and then you come back the next day, take half of it out. And that process repeats like three or four times. And then at the end of three or four days or something, you have, uh, enough yeast that is a living, breathing organism sitting there growing in a jar on your countertop and it's perfectly safe. Uh, to use for the making of bread, pizza, whatever you want, which is fascinating to me. I was like, wow, who knew that that sort of stuff was just floating in the air? You know, That's how they I, did it back in the day. Right. So how did the Pharisees make yeast? Because I know we're not supposed to trust that method. <laughs> Beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. That's what Jesus said. Ooh. All right. Anyways. <laughs> um, okay. One more question that Jimmy had added to the table to the table. Jimmy. <laughs> Jimmy, the talking table. That's right. Um would you watch would you watch a sporting event that had no crowd? Well, Jeff's not a big sports guy. Are you, Jeff? I like battle bots. Does the crowd matter in that? It's a part of it, actually. They've got a pretty decent-sized crowd there, and they they stomp and cheer and and shout and wave signs, and they have fans, and yeah, I mean, it's like it's like watching a wrestling match with machines. Would that would that ruin it for you that there isn't a crowd? No, I'd watch it anyways because I just like watching things getting destroyed. There you go. What about you, Jimmy? I'd have a hard time with it. I mean, I guess I'm a purist in that sense, like. You know, the crowd is such a big part of the game. I mean, heck, even here in the South in Charlotte, you know, we grew up playing high school hockey and we even still managed to draw 100 people out for that. Um, And, uh, you know, I definitely felt, yeah, and I definitely felt what, you know, what it was to make a sprawling, crazy, diving, necky goalie kick save, Dominic Hasek style, you know, sort of thing. And then the crowd go crazy or, you know, some goon take a hit and like the parents want to be like, you watch out for my baby out there, you know? And, uh, you know, so like, like I couldn't imagine watching a sporting event without some sort of crowd because if, I mean, I don't watch it for the crowd anyway. Like the crowd plays very little impact on my enjoyment of the game because it's usually even highly muted out for the most part when you're actually watching, you don't get too much of the crowd noise, but I definitely know it impacts the the performance of the players, and they definitely feed off that. And if there's no crowd, I mean, only sport I would think that they don't need it is golf, and that's because – but even then, it's like they manage to, you know, cheer after Tiger Woods sinks a putt, you know? So I don't don't know how you can't – like sports is ultimately – not about sports it's about drama and narrative and if there's no crowd there's no narrative um right otherwise why do it yeah i think it would be a very different experience it's funny um this thursday i'm supposed to be a part of a recording for a church um not my church i don't play at my church but uh for um for a church i was asked to do a recording and i just it just hit me now i'm like Normally Thursday's practice day. It's actually recording day. And so I'm not going to have that experience of playing and seeing how everybody connects with what we're doing. Because there is something magical about that. There's something about that rush of being on stage 
and like knowing that this is actually helping the congregation connect. You know what I'm talking about, Jeff. Yeah. You know, I, I think when I first started like doing podcasts and stuff, like talking to an empty room in my office, by yourself by myself <laughs> i've always was, done it with people so right like yeah. but it's, it was i mean especially since my podcast tends to be mostly monologue for the most part and although i've had a lot of interviews the last uh month or two but um the like sitting there talking to a window or the wall and having to imagine i'm having a conversation with people is is mentally difficult so like i mean like when I went to Bible college and seminary, it's like, you know, standing up on a platform, you get to, you get a feel of the, the, what's going on in the congregation and how they're, you know, taking your sermon and, you know, you can adjust on the fly if necessary. And, you know, it's, it's a different experience, you know, I, like, I mean, there's nothing, especially like if for a Pentecostal background, like, you know, there's nothing like banging on the pulpit and, you know, having somebody stand up and clap and sing amen, hallelujah. Maybe somebody stops you from preaching and starts speaking in tongues, you know? Yeah. And so that makes for a very different um, experience from like trying to deliver a message by speaking into a microphone. Yeah. Anyways, any final words? Not that Wash I'm your gonna, hands. Not that I'm going to kill you guys, it sounds like. Dearly you know. beloved, we are gathered here today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Catch Jeff on, I guess, Facebook, hey? That's where you like people to catch you? Uh, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. I've been spending a lot of time on YouTube lately, so... Yes, the ambient. Yeah. He gives a gear rundown. Pretty cool. Um, Jimmy, you got Jimmy's table. Not Jimmy to be confused table. with Jimmy the table. All right. <laughs> Please don't put Jimmy the table.com. I have no idea what you're going to get. Probably going to be some you're going to get some guy well, who could like that. you're going to get <laughs> you're going to get some guy who can hold a plank for an hour, you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh no jimmy jimmy's table.com hey it's first not taken you should get that <laughs> <laughs> that could be your children's program jimmy yeah the table. <laughs> jimmy the ta oh my goodness children's book idea all right like blue well, side table yeah <laughs> thank you fellas it was fun always is guys wash your hands wash your hands <laughs> wash them right now right now Cause tight. go wash your hands Thanks much. No idea what we're talking about, but you know. <laughs>